You guys take a seat, take a seat. Merry Christmas, church. Thank you for being here. I absolutely love uh, the picture that that song paints. It's a picture of, of peace right in the middle of a whole lot of chaos. And uh, I can't think of a more fitting song for this type of a week. My prayer all week is that uh, in the middle of the craziness of the Christmas season, that this hour would be a, a time of peace for you, a moment of peace, a chance for you to take a deep breath. And remember that no matter what the world tells us and no matter how crazy this week gets, today, this week, we get to celebrate that peace came to us. Such a, a beautiful picture because you may be in here thinking like, man, this week is kicking my butt. I haven't even finished my Christmas shopping yet. The in-laws are coming into town. The ham isn't baked. We haven't even watched our favorite Christmas movies yet. I don't even know what I'm doing. Can I just encourage you for a second? You're here. You're in church this morning. You're doing better than you think. Doing better than you think. And no matter how you feel, even if you feel like God is distant and you're distracted and you've got a million things going on, God uh, is crazy about you. You are welcome in this place. God loves it when we draw near to him, but even when we don't, he still loves us because love is not just what he does, it's who he is. God knows. God loves you. And, and, and today, this week, I want us to hone in on, on this moment 2,000 years ago on a fateful night in Bethlehem where when, when civilization was at its darkest moment, hope came to us, peace came to us. It was prophesied about 700 years before it even happened. Isaiah said it this way. He said, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then get these three words, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace came to us, which means I actually believe that peace is possible. Even in a week like this, peace is possible. So I have a one-point sermon today. I have one goal, that we would understand this Prince of Peace a little bit more, that we would understand this story a little bit more, and that we would walk into this coming week and all the craziness equipped with peace as we get ready to celebrate Christmas. So Father God, I love you so much. I thank you for these people. I thank you for this place. Lord, would you be here with us as we uh, remember your story, as we remember who you are. And Lord, we thank you that you came to us, that peace came here. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys ready to have some fun? We feeling good? Yes, the title of this message is Peace Came Here. Peace Came Here, and uh, Doug is, is in Denver this weekend. He's given the, this sermon for, for all of Denver for their Christmas Eve, and so we've been working on it together this week, and on Tuesday he goes, hey, we just need to encourage people who don't have their Christmas shopping done yet that they're okay and God still loves them. 
And, and I love that. And then I was like, I think we're just talking to ourselves because I was at Target like late last night and I still got a long way to go. The funny thing is, is his sermon's going to be shown for like the next three days. So it'll be shown on the 24th at like 6 p.m. So I go, hey, Doug, I think like at that point it actually is too late if you haven't. And he goes, whatever. So what I'm trying to say is my sermon makes a whole lot more sense than Doug's. And that's usually the case. I'm kidding. Have you ever felt like peace is... Um, is just out of reach, just over the, the next hill, just around the river bend, to quote Pocahontas. This is kind of the, the human condition, right? Man, if I could just finish this semester, like if I could just get to the end of the semester, then I'll feel peace. Man, if I could just graduate and finish school, then I'll feel peace. If I can just land that career job, then I'll feel peace, and I can just make X amount of money then. If I could just get married then. If we could just have kids then. And then eventually it becomes, if those kids would just move out <laughs> then. If I could just retire then, we chase peace over the next hill. It's part of the human condition, and by the way, it's not our fault. Right, go take a marketing 101 class. Here's the first thing they'll teach you. Hey, if you want to sell a product, make people feel like they aren't enough right now. Make people feel like they're not at peace, like they aren't okay. And then show, that, show them if, if they could just get like that product. Man, oh man, they would experience peace. This is what we do, right? This is what we're inundated with. And by the way, a recent study showed that we see upwards of 5,000 thousand ads every single day. 5,000 reminders that we aren't okay, that we aren't enough. But if we could just get those shoes, then we'll be at peace, right? Or like if we could just get that bar of soap, then. I remember being 12 years old and seeing the Axe body spray commercials. And it's like, hey, if you spray this on you, then girls are going to like you. And thinking like, oh, I guess that works. And so I'd walk into like a junior high locker room and all the guys would be like, like so you need like a gas mask to go in there. You know, and that stuff smells terrible. But we were sold, hey, if you just do this, then. Or this time of year, my favorite is the, the commercials that are like, hey, if you and your spouse could just afford to buy each other brand new cars and surprise each other, then. Right? Like, let's be real. That's not practical, nor is it fiscally responsible. There are very few people out there that can afford to buy each other new cars for Christmas. And by the way, most of them are unhappy. So you do the math on that. This is the world that we live in 5,000 times a day. And in December, it just gets worse. It's like, it's like the heat is turned up for Christmas. And here's the fruit. 39% of Americans admitted to being more anxious this year, this Christmas, than they were last Christmas. 45% of Americans said, yeah, I would just skip Christmas if that was an option. This time of year, 8 out of 10 primary care visits are for stress-related issues. In December, depression, anxiety, loneliness, spirals out of control because we keep getting sold. Hey, if you can just get there, you'll have peace. 
But here's the beautiful thing about the Christmas story. In a world that yells, if you can just get there, the Christmas story is a reminder that peace came here. It is a beautiful, subversive story that is needed today in 2019, now more than ever. So I want to take a a few minutes this morning and, and walk us through this story. And I want to do it from the perspective of the shepherds. Shepherds that were out watching their flock late at night on this fateful night in Bethlehem. The story's found in Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. If not, don't worry, it'll be up on the screen. Mary and Joseph have made their way to Bethlehem. Mary's like, hey, it's game time. And Joseph's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, this is terrible timing. Let me see what we can do. And he comes back and he's like, kind of a good news, bad news situation. I got us a great manger. It's out back. You're really going to love it. And she's looking at him like, okay, this this is ridiculous. Right? And so that is all happening. Meanwhile, it says this. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were shepherds. Living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. Let's pause for a second. The greatest announcement in the history of the world is about to take place. You know who God chooses as his messengers? Shepherds. Not even the people in the small town of Bethlehem. The people out in the hills, out in the outskirts. And so let me just encourage somebody this morning, if you've ever felt like an outcast, if you've ever felt like not part of the in crowd, maybe if if you've ever gotten to church and and gone, man, this whole church thing, it's not really for me. I'm here to make mom happy on on Christmas. But if these people knew my story, if they knew who I was, they, they wouldn't want me around. Can I just tell you that you are a perfect candidate for the gospel message? The gospel message is good news, and it seems to be best news for people that get pushed to the outskirts. Not just good news for them. They usually become, we usually become the the best messengers of the message because we now have a story to to bring back and, and tell us. So if you're sitting here going, I don't buy any of this. Let me first say, I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you for, for, for letting us be a part of your Sunday morning. And can I just encourage you that the Prince of Peace may be closer than you think. The story of Christmas came to a bunch of shepherds out in the hills late one night. Let's read what happens. As we read this story, man, picture it with your, with your senses. Think about it. Imagine yourself there. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. So these shepherds, they're just hanging out. They're minding their own business. An angel of the Lord comes out of nowhere and appears to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Now, if you are a shepherd in the first century, you have a whole lot of reasons to be terrified. One, like... How are we going to provide for our family? Our bank account is a bunch of sheep roaming around these hills, and sheep aren't the sharpest ant tools in the shed. By the way, we usually, you and I, get compared to sheep all the time in Scripture, so that makes me feel better about myself. Cheers to that. Right? But, but like, this is their livelihood. This is everything they have. They have to be worried that thieves are going to come and steal them. There's lions and tigers and bears. Thank you. I don't know about tigers, probably not, but 
David tells us, who was a shepherd in those same hills a thousand years earlier, that there were certainly lions and bears coming after the sheep all the time. You have to think about how you're going to pass the family business on to the next generation, let alone the, the existential questions that are probably arising in you and you just you have all these questions but you don't know who to talk to because it's like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and all these religious leaders they all seem to have their own agenda and seem to be people that you can't really talk to and by the way you're not free Rome rules the world at this time and does so by taxing you very heavily so the little bit of money you do make you have to give a lot of it to Rome and so some of your friends, some of your peers are, are going, well, if we can't beat Rome, we might as well join them. And they become tax collectors. Others of your peers go, no, we need to get violent. We need to get radical. And they run off into the, the hills to become zealots and plan out their next uh, attack. And meanwhile, you're sitting on a hill trying to watch your sheep in the middle of a politically polarized world, pondering what you should do next. Try to imagine. And that makes what the angel says next utterly compelling to me. They're terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now, four times in the Christmas story, there is a story about a person having an encounter with an angel. And all four times follows the same exact pattern. So Zechariah is in the temple. He, he's praying. An angel shows up, and it says, Zechariah was terrified. The first words out of the angel's mouth were, do not be afraid. Mary is just going on with, with her day, minding her own business doing her thing when an angel appears and it says Mary is terrified. And the angel says, do not be afraid. Because I like to overmake my point. Joseph, who had a wild ride in this whole thing, goes to sleep one night and an angel appears to him in a dream and he is terrified. And the angel says, do not be afraid. The shepherds is the, the fourth story. What's going on here? It seems to me that ever since the garden, ever since we sewed fig leaves together and hid from God, humans at some level have been terrified of the divine. It's like we have this natural bent to worry and to be afraid of each other and to be afraid of God. So God breaks in and humans are terrified. And these angels, time and time again, it's like they have to, they're trying to rewire our brains to go, hey, you don't have to be afraid of what God is up to. Like, I wonder if they sit up in heaven and, like, comparing notes from when they had these encounters. Like, did you have to tell them too? Yeah, I had to tell them. Like, I don't know why there's, like, we're on your side. Plus, we stand in the presence of God. And trust me, he's got this whole thing under control. You don't have to be afraid. Shall we get practical? It's Christmas time. This week, you are going to have a dinner, probably with a whole lot of extended family there's a good chance that politics comes up. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> Grandpa has one opinion. 
cousin has a completely different opinion. Neither of them could see how the other one could possibly be right. And so forks start flying and plates are going everywhere and tension is getting, everything's getting heated and you're sitting there going, it's, we're coming up on an election year. Like what is happening? The world's going crazy. Meanwhile, the Prince of Peace is present just beneath the surface whispering, do not be afraid. There's something so much bigger going on here, and I've got this. The wayward son comes up, the one who doesn't even show up for, for the Christmas dinner, and at some level, everybody's feeling guilty, and so they start blame shifting and saying all these things and arguing, and tensions are going crazy. Meanwhile, the Prince of Peace is present just beneath the surface saying, do not be afraid. In fact, the Prince of Peace later told a story, it's recorded in Luke 15, about how his father is an expert at bringing the prodigals home. So the Prince of Peace is whispering, don't be afraid. I make all things new. If it's not beautiful yet, it will be. Religion comes up. Family member who doesn't believe in, in God, but, but feels the need to shake his fist at the God he doesn't believe in, starts saying all sorts of things, and your blood is boiling, and you're ready to stand up and say something. Meanwhile, the Prince of Peace is present just beneath the surface, whispering, do not be afraid. By the way, do you know what goes a whole lot further than arguing? Being a non-anxious presence. Being a human being being big enough on the inside to hold tension for people and ask guided questions and, and, and feel pain and empathize with people. And when they start saying, I just love your Christ and I hate your Christian, it's not, oh, you don't even know how much the church does. My church is amazing and they let you take money out of the offering if you want. No, it's not that. It's, man, I know. I know. I'm so sorry. As a part of the church, I am a part of that. We are a work in progress. And so I am so sorry. We're a bunch of imperfect people just trying to figure this out. In fact, that's why we need Jesus so much. That's why Jesus is so compelling to me. And I love to keep investigating and asking questions and figuring out how to be humans together. Let's go get some more pie. You know? That's it. Because meanwhile, the Prince of Peace is present just beneath the surface, whispering, don't be afraid. I'm the one who leaves the 99 for the one. I make all things new. I got this. The story of Christmas is not peace is somewhere over there that we have to get to. The story of Christmas is peace came here. And so let's get back to that verse. The angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Or gospel, if you prefer that language. Good news. Can you tell that I just lost my place? I said it so slow, like I can find it by the time I... Good. That will cause great joy for all the people. And now here's the announcement. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah 
the Lord. Now that verse is so packed full with theology that we could spend the next 10 hours talking about it. In fact, we just did an entire series called Modern Jesus where we talked about how Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior and Jesus is King and Jesus is Messiah. Today, for our purposes, as we talk about peace, I want to focus in on the next verse. Because if I'm the shepherds and I hear that announcement, hey, uh, the Messiah is here, the Savior is here, right? Like, like kind of a big deal. I'm thinking, where? Like, let's go see, see the party. Where is like the huge celebration going to, to come from? And it says this, the next verse, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth lying in a manger. What? Like, if I'm writing this story, I'm thinking, like, you know that scene in Aladdin where Prince Ali comes into town, right? I'm thinking, like, hey, the prince is here. Let's get an elephant for the guy. Let's get, like, a theme song and a marching band and a bunch of soldiers and dancers. Let's throw gold out to the people. Like, this is a big deal. The prince is here. The older I get, the more I fall in love with the story of a God who says, hey, I'm stepping out of heaven to go be with my people and I don't need the palace and the prestige because that's not congruent with their reality. Give me a manger and some hay. I want to be right in the middle of all of this with them. I want to be right in the middle of the dysfunctional family. I want to be right in the middle of the job that you can't stand with the boss that you don't like. I want to be right in the middle of the rebellious kids. I want to be right in the middle of the sickness. I want to be right in the middle of the crisis because the story of Christmas is not that, that if man, if they could just figure all their stuff out, if they could just get over there, then they would be at peace. The story of Christmas is I've come for them. Peace came here to be with us and man. It's like the, the longer I go and the more that I learn about this, Jesus just keeps becoming more and more compelling. It's so beautiful to me that God wouldn't go, hey, you guys figure it out and then come to me and we'll be all right. But God said, hey, I'm coming to you. The story. Man, when I uh, was a freshman in college, um, I heard a sermon, it was one of the first sermons I'd, I'd ever heard um, that like really resonated with me, and it was a, a sermon on peace. And I was a freshman, and the pastor said, hey, imagine you got to talk to yourself, your version of you, when you were a freshman in high school. What would you say? The answer is, hey, don't be afraid. There's going to be some challenges. Some challenges are going to come your way. You'll figure it out. There's going to be a lot of really beautiful moments. Don't wish your life away. Just enjoy it. You are on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. Relax. And his point was, okay, so now imagine Ryan, who just graduated, getting to talk to freshmen in college, Ryan. What would you say? The answer is, don't be afraid. There's going to be some challenges, but you'll figure it out. There's going to be so many beautiful things along the way. You're on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace, so don't be afraid. 
And I think through to all of the major life stages that I've been through. And if I could go back and talk to me at the beginning of that life stage, I would say the exact same thing to me. Hey, Ryan, don't be afraid. There'll be some challenges, but you'll figure it out. There's going to be so many beautiful moments along the way. You're on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. Enjoy the ride. I can't help but, but think for everybody in this room as we go into the Christmas week, if our future self could talk to us now, what our future self would say is, hey, don't be afraid. For the parents who are, are bringing home a kid, newborn, you could talk to yourself down the road. I think what you would say is, hey, don't be afraid. There'll be some challenges. We'll figure it out. It's going to be so many beautiful moments along the way. We're on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. Enjoy the ride. For those of you who are starting a brand new job, future self would say to you, don't be afraid. There'll be some challenges, man. We'll figure it out as we go. There's going to be so many beautiful moments. You're on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. Don't be afraid for all of us as we head into a brand new decade. Hey, the 20s are going to be a wild ride for this church. A wild ride, and I can't wait. But if I can be honest, I'm a worrier, not a warrior. <laughs> War, warrior. Doug sent me some of his notes this morning, and I thought that's what he said at first. Like, you're a warrior? Uh, oh, not A. Uh, and so I've been learning to preach to myself over and over and over again. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. I'm okay. I'm okay. We've got this. In fact, uh, six months ago, Ethan and Doug and I were traveling, and we got a phone call that uh, soon construction was going to be happening out here in our parking lot, which means that we're going to lose half of our parking and our major exit. And, and for six months, if I can just be honest, I probably woke up, I don't want to exaggerate this, probably 15 times. About 3 a.m., it's always 3 a.m. for some reason, just in a, in, a, in a panic. Like, hey, man, when that construction starts back there, like, the church is going to go down. It's, everything's going to be ruined. Like, there won't be enough room at the inn. <laughs> it's a Christmas joke. That was, that was terrible. <laughs> Never just say the jokes that pop into your mind. I thought for, like, over and over again, probably, like, 20 hours throughout the course of six months spent time worrying about this next season of our church. And then you know what happened? About a month ago, we get the phone call. They start the construction. I'm all nervous. I get up here and I go, guys, I'm so sorry. Like they closed off half of our, our, our back exit. You're all gonna have to exit out this way. Like this is so bad, I know. And you all looked at me like, hey bro, we're here to build a church, not be comfortable. As far as I'm concerned, there is eternity at stake, so we're not worried about 10 extra seconds as we exit out of here. And I'm driving home that night going, like, why do I worry about all of these things, man? Like, seriously, I would sure love to have those 20 hours back. This is what we do as humans, man. We just worry about all these, like, worst-case scenario things. And then most of the time it comes, the storm comes. And we realized that the, P, the Prince of Peace was with us the entire time going, don't be afraid. Let's read the last verse 
to end it. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel praising God and saying, this is all of heaven. Listen to what they declare. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. All of heaven declares that we can have peace even in this holiday season. And may I just suggest to us that if all of heaven declares it, then it might just be true. But it's a practice, isn't it? Peace is a practice. Drew Brees set the record for the most NFL touchdowns on Monday night. It's easy to look at him and go, well, he's just born that way. He's from Austin, by the way. And there's some truth to that, but there's this beautiful video that got taken of him on Sunday. Reggie Bush took it. He was stalking him. And it's 45 minutes after practice. Everybody is gone. And Breeze, the guy that's been in the league for 20 years, not some rookie, Drew Breeze, is sitting there after practice, after the whole stadium is empty, just mentally running through every play of the next day. Practice, 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 because he understands that when it comes to throwing touchdowns, it takes practice. May I suggest that when it comes to being agents of peace, it requires practice. And so here's the mini sermon that I've been preaching to myself. You probably know what's coming. This is how I've been practicing this month. I've been saying my peace is not there. Peace came here. Peace isn't over there. Peace came here. Peace isn't once we get the parking lot figured out. Peace came right here. Peace isn't after I knock off all the things on my to-do list. Peace is right here. Peace isn't where I'm not worried about 2020 and everything that's going to happen next in the next season for our church because peace is right here. Hey, peace isn't once the in-laws leave. Look right at me. Peace isn't once the in-laws leave. Peace is right here. Peace isn't once all the craziness dies down. Peace is right here. Jesus grew up to become this amazing agent of peace everywhere he went. But it's not like life got easy for him. In fact, things got difficult often. There's a great story in Mark 4 where the disciples find themselves in the middle of a storm, a literal storm. They're all panicked, scared. Jesus, meanwhile, is taking a nap out back because Jesus understood that he could have internal peace even if externally circumstances were anything but peaceful. They go wake him up. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? I love picturing Jesus just smiling, standing up. The Bible says he looks at the storm. He awoke and he rebuked the wind. and He said to the sea, peace be Still, the wind seized. There was a great calm. Because when we learn how to walk with the Prince of Peace, when we learn how to practice preaching to ourselves over and over again that the Prince of Peace came to us and we're walking with the Prince of Peace and we get that internal peace, I believe that we start carrying that peace with us and all the storms that come our way. In fact, in Matthew 5, Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the peace chasers that try to chase peace just over there. He goes, blessed are the peacemakers. 
who carry peace with them into the storms in their life and start telling some storms what to do. So it's not, man, I sure hope my family behaves this Christmas season. It's there's a peacemaker coming into town, so you better believe there's going to be peace, right? It's not, man, I sure hope things work out in 2020. It's there's a peacemaker heading into a new decade, and I'm going to walk in with the authority that Jesus has given to me, and I'm going to start telling the storms of my life what to do. Hey, I think it's time that somebody starts believing in you enough to call this out of you. You are no longer a peace chaser. You're a peacemaker. It's time to go make some peace. It's time to go carry this amazing peace that, that we've been given and, and expecting it. Not just over there once we get there, but right here and right now with us. Because the beauty of the Christmas story is not that peace is over there. The beauty is that peace came here. And so may the beauty of this story sink down into your hearts and your souls a little bit more this year. And may peace, peace that the Prince of Peace came to bring, be yours as you carry it with you into whatever happens this week, whatever happens in the decade to come. And may this peace transcend any understanding May we be peacemakers, not peace chasers. Lord, we love you so much. Jesus, I thank you that you decided to come to us, that peace came here. Lord, I pray for my family as we head into the Christmas week. Would you give us that peace? Would you help us experience that peace? And would you remind us a little bit more this week just how amazing you are that you cared about us enough to step down from heaven to a little manger and some hay to show us that you're right in the middle of the battle with us. We praise you today, Jesus, because you're worth it and you're worthy of it all. In Jesus' name.